1: Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic. And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy
0: in every journey. Yeah! Happy Being Alive Day, everybody. A good Monday to you. The DA Show rocking and rolling. Here aboard the mothership on CBS Sports Radio. We appreciate you being with us. In 20 minutes, sound check your best audio of the day. In 40 minutes, the Angels make a mistake taking Shohei Ohtani off the trade block and becoming buyers themselves. So, in Indianapolis, Jim Irsay would be best served just shutting up. You see, Jim Ursay is a guy that does wear his heart on his sleeve. And Jim Ursay tends to speak without a filter. Some cases, sometimes, that's a good thing. Like he did that when he finally spoke out about Dan Snyder. The only owner that was on record speaking out against Dan Snyder. So was able to or willing to break the code, the silence of the owners. Even though we all know that they knew Snyder was a bad guy. But it rarely helps Ursay, because I think Jim Ursay, in his mind, it makes sense, but he's not playing the game long, long term. I think he just, he's kind of caught in his own stuff sometimes, and it's just strategically, it doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't think anybody has the power to do so, but they should tell him stay off social media or just have an assistant tweet for you because oftentimes he's tweeted things that didn't need to be said, shouldn't have been said, And it brings us to Jonathan Taylor. Now, Taylor is the best player on the Colts. He's a do-everything running back. He's the engine of the offense. And this is an offense this year that will either have a journeyman backup starting or a rookie QB in Anthony Richardson. So Jonathan Taylor is a pretty crucial member of not only winning if they think they're going to win, but more importantly, the development of their rookie quarterback. If Jonathan Taylor is great, it really helps out Richardson. It sounds like they want to thrust Richardson to this job, which again, I think is a mistake, but it is definitely a Jim Ursay wish. And so if you're going to do that, then let's hope that you've got the offensive line and the running back to help take pressure off of the QB so that you don't ruin your quarterback too early. Again, I wouldn't push Anthony Richardson into the job. I would not make him QB one of the start of training camp. I wouldn't even put in people's mind that he should be starting this season. I would just let him watch. I mean, hell, Patrick Mahomes isn't good enough to start for a full season, but Anthony Richardson is? I mean, all right. But so, Jonathan Taylor has seen all of the running back stuff happen and wants a new deal. And every running back right now is going through the same, oh, crap moment. When will I ever have leverage? If Saquon Barkley didn't have leverage this year and Austin Eckler didn't have leverage this year and Josh Jacobs didn't have leverage this year, I mean, those are the most Productive guys in the NFL, if, if they don't have leverage for new deals, what leverage do I have? So Jonathan Taylor and his agent are saying the same thing, going, we better get a deal done now. If we're ever going to get money, it's going to be now. And the Colts don't want to pay because nobody wants to pay because nobody is paying. So Jim say quote, if I die tonight, and Jonathan Taylor is out of the league. No one's going to miss us. The league goes on. We know that. The National Football League rolls on. It doesn't matter who comes and who goes. It's just a privilege to be part of it. All right. Again, it doesn't need to be said. It just doesn't need to be said. Because this has po'd Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor wants a deal. The Jonathan Taylor wants a trade. And says, if you're not going to pay me, trade me. And now he's upset. And what you've done is you've thrown gasoline on a fire that wasn't even really a fire. You've taken a little matchstick that might be burning. And you've taken kerosene and splash all over the place. Because do we need to say if Jonathan Taylor's out of the league, no one's going to miss us? In Jim Irsay's mind... What he's trying to say is, let's be humble here. We're part of a bigger thing. Life moves on without us. And certainly the Colts would be just fine if Jim Irsay wasn't the owner. And he's even saying, look, I'm an owner and even I don't matter. Now, maybe some of this is false humility, but false modesty, who knows. But the larger picture, the larger story is probably true. I mean, for the most part, if Jim Irsay died tonight, the league would still hold a 17-game schedule of which the Colts would be part of it. They would hold a postseason and the Super Bowl, and life would just move on. And if Jonathan Taylor suddenly retired today or blew out his knee and couldn't play ever again, there would certainly be young people in the greater Indianapolis area. There would be kids all around Indiana who would weep at the sight of their Jonathan Taylor jersey, no longer meaning much. There'd be fantasy players, teams, owners, who had Taylor on their teams and would be upset, but ultimately the league would go on, life would go on, and everybody outside of Indianapolis would probably say, okay, whatever. So there is a truth here, but it is totally unnecessary to start picking a fight with your franchise running back At the 11th hour of the season. And I would just point Jim Irsay. Now, I don't necessarily know Jim Irsay, but I don't think he's a bad guy. I think his dad had more elements of being a bad guy, but his dad was also an alcoholic. So you can blame some of the bad intentions or the bad decisions or the bad behavior on the booze. Okay. Jim has had his own battles with addiction. Those are serious battles. I don't try to be glib about battling addiction, but Jim Ursay has been popped having a duffel bag full of drugs and cash in the back of his car. So, again, not the paragon of morality here, but what Jim Ursay doesn't need to do right before training camp is pick a fight with his franchise running back who it's best suited if you just kind of like play nice right now because look at the Ravens. What did the Ravens do when Lamar Jackson was upset? What did the Ravens do when Lamar Jackson wanted to trade? What did Lamar Jackson get after days, weeks of pouting and anger and social media tweeting and texting about how unhappy he was? Now they're taking advantage of him, exploiting him. All they said was, we love Lamar. We want Lamar to be here. We love his leadership. We want him to be a Raven. Now, slightly different because the Ravens really did want to sign Lamar Jackson, but they wanted to sign him to their money. Not fully guaranteed. Not Deshaun Watson money, which is what Lamar wanted. But instead of engaging in a, if I die tonight and Lamar Jackson blows out his ACL tomorrow, life goes on. Instead of engaging in that, the Ravens just kept throwing cold water on a fire that Lamar was trying to stoke. And Jim Irsay would be better suited doing that. We love Jonathan Taylor. We wanted to be a cult for a long time. We know how much he means to us, but he's under contract right now, and we're not going to negotiate. or something along... We can try to find a middle ground here, but at the moment, he's a Colt. We expect him to play. You don't have to go. If I die and he leaves the league, nobody notices. It doesn't help you. So for Ursay, stupid, and he looks worse. He looks worse than Jonathan Taylor, who now has a leg to stand on of, see, the owner doesn't respect me at all. Secondly, though, I don't know if the Colts are leaking this. Certainly seems so, it's not so. And that is that Taylor perhaps reported to camp with a back injury that he did not sustain on the football field. And that has given the Colts their own pause. Now, he's also got the ankle injury he's recovering from from last year. He's not 100% there. But that now there's a source. That said, there's a back injury that he may have suffered without playing football this offseason. So something else. Jonathan Taylor tweeted, not true, not true. There's no back injury. I never reported a back injury. Sources are bad. Okay. However, it is potentially a huge deal. It's a huge deal. Because if one of these running backs, one of the guys, by the way, that has the most value out there, because he's still on a rookie contract and he's, of course, extremely valuable, catching the ball, running the ball. If this is a running back that is doing stupid things away from the field to get injured or not being fully transparent and then demanding a trade, and not being fully transparent, it makes the entire running back situation look more delicate, more fragile. Because this is one of the guys who'd hang your hat on. And now I've got to worry about you injuring your back in an ATV accident or something like this. I mean, again, I don't know what it is, but you're what you're playing pickup basketball and strained your back, and now I got to worry about that. And now you want to trade, and now you're not being honest. Neither side looks good. But what Ursae and the Colts should just do is cold water, cold water, cold water. And Ursay just, he's terrible at that. He's terrible. Just when, can't you just know to shut up? You know, you're the owner of a team. You don't need to talk. We don't hear from other owners all the time. You don't have to tweet. You don't have to X, whatever this is now. Okay? Just be quiet. I, I'm not on Twitter or all Facebook right now. It's not called Twitter anymore. Apparently, it's X. So you can X me. You can X at me? At da on CBS, the the handle still works. Send me your
2: X. I mean, the website still says uh, tweets. You know, you retweet something. So I don't know what Mr. Musk's plan is with all that. True. It's not doesn't say re X says retweet. Hey uh, Just change we just changed the name just for the hell of it. But it's still you still tweet, you still retweet. It's still twitter.com. Now that's actually true as well. It is still twitter.com. X.com was taken. I think
0: he might own x.com, does he not? Oh, well, what's find Hold on. Hold on. Elon has liked to put X in a lot of his companies. Elon believes in the letter X. That's fine. It's edgy.
2: It's the edgiest of the letters. It is a very edgy letter. X.com, by the way, does take you to Twitter slash X. Okay. Didn't he name his kid X? Or named his kid mm. like a hey, looks mean, like a periodic element that's acronym. Right. That's right. So,
0: you know, of all of the, the letters in the alphabet, certainly X is the edgiest. And Q is a very solid edge. Does Q have edge? I think it does. Hmm.
2: Q, I feel like is very ambiguous.
0: Z's got edge. There we go. X, Z, Q maybe. Those are edgy letters. Least edgy, most benign. E. E's pretty benign. <laughs> e yeah. is pretty safe. Very bland. That's a bland letter. Huh. I would say... M. H is a pretty bland number. Letter. Letter. Yeah. It's also a letter. <laughs> it's like a H is a. Huh.
2: You count far enough, you could probably get to H.
0: <laughs> M. But I would think if I'm Elon, I would. I, I purchased an entity for what, $400 billion or something like that. It's branded as Twitter. People tweet, they retweet. You've already got this inherent branding and product recognition, market recognition, I would think that changing the name would be not only unnecessary because nobody's like, you know what? I don't use Twitter because it sounds weird. I want it to be edgier. But also you would be just, you'd be losing your inherent value that's been baked into the property that you purchased. And that little bird, I mean, that's kind of ubiquitous And it's synonymous with Twitter. And now everyone has to retrain their brain about. I mean, it's not that important, but it seemed to be a strange business decision when I saw this, which leads us to threads, which is Instagram's challenger. And it is the best opportunity for Twitter to go down to be truly challenged. But I don't know. After the initial weekend, when everybody flipped over the threads and everyone was, there was a lot of action over there. It was like a new restaurant. Everybody wanted a reservation, trying the food. Afterwards, everyone said, eh, all right, it's fine. You were a
2: big, big threader, right? The first weekend? Or you were big on the thread train?
0: I jumped over there and I said, what I will do is I'll try to not only replicate what I have on Twitter on threads, and then also I'll try to add some new stuff. And what I saw was nobody was interacting on threads. Now, I have a lot less followers there. It's a lot newer platform. But I just didn't see a lot of chatter or conversation or a lot of new stuff. So now I've slowly stopped posting over there, except once every couple of days, to see if there's some action. But I just haven't seen the action. Have you seen the action?
2: I, I, haven't, uh, I haven't seeked out any action. My action has been sought elsewhere. I see. And how's
0: that action? That's good. That's good action? That's good action. (laughs) What was the best day for that action? The best day for the action? Yeah, over the last, I haven't seen you in about 10 days. Uh,
2: Saturday was a good day for action. Day and night action? Yeah. Well, Saturday night, well, Sunday morning. Is that so? Well, wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey.
0: Is that so? Did you cook? Well, I was cooking something up. Nice. <laughs> Upside Down Mike says Man, Pete the Body sounds exhausted. I couldn't imagine doing all of these interviews for the producer job and having a newborn. This man needs a raise in some sleep. Do you feel exhausted?
3: Uh, a little bit, <laughs> a tad. Oh, but nah.
0: It's okay. Which which side of that equation is, is most exhausting? The job part or the carry part?
3: Uh, now it's the job
2: part because there's just a lot going on. A lot going on uh, between m- my multiple ventures. <laughs> <laughs> You're like Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah. Pete's got a diversified portfolio now. Oh,
3: I've
4: got to change my portfolio to Z. <laughs>
2: Z Yeah,
0: it's edgy. It is edgy. That's also sleep.
2: But yeah, it, it's it's yeah. I, I use a couple a uh, couple more hours I if I can. Mm-hmm.
0: When we come back here on the show, we've got sound check. Your best audio of the day, one of the best sound bites in football, maybe the best sound bite in the NFL. Jamal Williams weighs in on New Orleans food,
3: and we have a Schwartzian moment.
1: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend
0: today. Soundcheck begins with New Orleans Saint Jamal Williams. Now, Jamal Williams has been one of the best quotes in football for a few seasons now. He's recently signed with the Saints. And so he's only getting his first taste of New Orleans cuisine. And he's asked about the delicious pastries, flaky, golden beignets. And so here's Jamal Williams weighing in on New Orleans beignets. Can might get those beignets. Yeah, not impressed. It's just a funnel cake. Okay. It's just a funnel cake. Okay. So, yeah, the beignets is just a funnel cake. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm I'm not from, I just got here. I respect y'all, your vignettes and all that. But
2: in California, we just call them funnel cakes. So, well,
0: that's just where we know them as. I tasted it, it tastes just like a funnel cake. So, that's all. But it's good though, if you like funnel cakes. I have to say, Jamal Williams is amazing. He's just absolutely amazing.
2: With it, this was on this show when we played the, an, his introductory press conference back in, what, March or April and he was talking about them. And that's where he was calling
0: them and bignettis and they were like, they're called beignets. In that, he calls them bignetti which is like a Jason Benetti combined with a flour pastry. It's just a
6: funnel (laughs) cake. So, yeah, is just a
0: funnel (laughs) cake. Bignatis, (laughs) like
6: it's a deep dish pizza place in Chicago. Like he's the keeper for the Italian World Cup team. (laughs) Great save by Bignati.
0: (laughs) But number two, it takes stones to sit in front of a New Orleans media corps, obviously a very vicious one, and call out one of their favorite foods and say it's basically a funnel cake everybody and I have to tell you Jamal Williams is right beignets are better because it's probably a higher quality dough probably made by a higher quality chef but at the end of the day what are the two things they are some type of dough deep fried with powdered sugar on top it's kind of the same exact thing one's served in French cafes. One is served at state fairs. Yeah. But they're kind of the same. Kind of the same. They're cousins. They're definitely
6: different. One's the rich cousin. Like one's Margot Robbie and the other is like a regular pretty woman. Funnel cake is very good. Okay, you think beignets are Margot Robbie? Well, in comparison to the funnel cake... Yes. I've had some good funnel cakes. Not saying funnel cake's bad. I'm just saying for my personal taste, I prefer by a pretty good margin the density
0: of a beignet. Because they are more pillowy, right? Correct. It's kind of like it's like a accent pillow. Right. It's and a funnel cake is can be done one of two ways. The one that I like is when you go to the state fair and it's kind of like dough poured in yes. a um it's kind like of like a snowflake. A, Shape almost, yeah. And then they fry that, and then you can pick it off from yeah. the little branches of it. Right. It's got some
2: stickiness to it.
6: Mm-hmm. It's got some crispness, which is what makes it different to me. A beignet yeah. is like a big delicious donut. It's closer to a donut than mm,
0: interesting.
6: But like a zeppeli is also a beignet, which you get at, a, at so like that. Well, a
0: zeppeli is more of a fun. Well, yeah, zeppeli is kind of like a beignet. It's, a, it's yeah,
6: yeah. They're all they are similar, but they're different, and I think they require. Not required, but they you can have a, a different... You can be in the mood for each one of them individually. They're not the same thing like, oh, I want a beignet, and someone goes, here's a funnel cake. I'm like, that's not really what I want right now.
0: Oh, that's interesting. So here's the only thing that I would quibble with with Jamal Willing. I respect that he's doesn't even respect it enough to pronounce it correctly. Yeah. <laughs> I, also, I just got here. I respect your, all your vignettes and all that. But. I respect also that he's willing to stand up in front of a brand new media core and fan base and be like, your food's not as good as you think it is. That's a bold move that I respect. But I will say the idea that you would go just to somewhere in California to eat something that in New Orleans, it's like one of the great eating cities of all time with some of the great chefs and everything's great. That's where he you, you lose me because you go to California. There, of course, there's great food, but New Orleans is like an eating capital. So what they do is traditionally better than your random whatever you can get in California, right? And
6: that Cafe Du at like the place. I don't know if they're if they were like originated their beignets or that just they became the number one maker of them. That place is a tough call because it's filled with powdered sugar. It's everywhere. Like, you sit in it. You, like, walk through it. But you have to wait sometimes, like, in 90 minutes to get in there (laughs) to eat beignets and get covered in powdered sugar and and drink delicious coffee. So that's a tough sell sometimes too, but it's kind of worth it because, again, you're caked in powdered sugar having delicious beignets. It's a win-win.
0: You know what? It strikes me that we as Americans don't do enough with the beignets, funnel cake stuff for breakfast. Donuts can oftentimes be too heavy. There's too much going on. I know you love donuts. Yeah. But when you get a donut and it's got bacon on it or it's got purple icing on it and sprinkles, it's like, it's a lot. And a Krispy Kreme is delicious, but it can be really heavy, where a beignet is a light, pillowy option. And a funnel cake or a Zeppeli, Zeppelin's are. Maybe a little heavier, but yeah. they—they're they, a little bit lighter, generally speaking, than a donut. Maybe we should start selling more beignets and zeppelis for breakfast. I mean, imagine
6: the street cart here in Manhattan selling fresh beignets, good beignets. You'd have a line for that
2: bad boy. Mm-hmm. That guy doesn't even sell fresh bagels. Now you want him to sell fresh no, Louisiana New Orleans pastries? I don't.
6: Food. I don't want that guy to do it. I want an actual like disgruntled chef. Who can't find a job goes, you know what I'm gonna do now? I don't want to work in a yeah. restaurant anymore. I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a, a beignet stand. And a bear. Wanna,
2: the bear yeah, for New York the
3: bear. City.
0: Right. And I want him in a Mardi
3: Gras costume.
0: You know what? And I, I got a problem also with that bagel guy. You're talking about the, the cart that's yeah, outside. Right outside. We're in New York freaking city and he's buying generic bagels to resell. I had one of them. I said, this is crap. There I'm not go. buying a bagel here. What's going on there?
2: The lender's bagel here, is six bucks.
0: <laughs> I mean, really? He's yeah. mailing it in. He's mailing it in? He's
6: I think seen? his vendor's mailing it in. I think that guy just shows up and the cart's full and he hitches to his car and he drives to here. I don't know that he's picking which actual <laughs> produce he's selling in the morning.
2: So he's, we're shooting
6: the messenger
3: here? Yes, I believe
6: so.
2: But
3: If you have a beignet guy dressed up like he's you know, with a saxophone ready for Mardi Gras, throwing <laughs> out gold, be- <laughs> and <drawing> out gold <laughs> beads and green beads... That's great.
0: That's it. If this show ever goes down in flames, we are opening up a beignet stand and we are going to dress as a French chef, <laughs> playing a saxophone, right. throwing beads. During morning. Trumpets,
3: R- everything.
2: Got <laughs> the drums, the whole thing, the whole bar- parade, everything. And we can get Jamal Williams to be give our us a boatload of cash, be the Grand Marshal. Mm-hmm.
0: Here is Jerry Jones, this is audio courtesy of ESPN. Why not pay six-time all-pro offensive lineman Zach Martin? Because all quarterbacks in general in the league
2: are why it's hard to pay the man. (laughs) They're getting all the money. And so having said that, uh, uh, we're excited about Zach. I don't have uh, concern. I understand uh, his concern. We all want more money and should. We've uh, had our talks, and uh, uh, I think we'll just uh, – Uh, be uh, uh, playing it uh, day by day and see how it goes. Uh, We've got a lot of guys. We've got a guy named Parsons out here that uh, is going to need a little money when the time
0: comes. I mean, imagine negotiating against yourself in this way if you're Jerry Jones. Hey, we got a guy that I don't have to pay very much money to right now, but he's going to want money. I'm going to have to pay that guy money. Like, you don't have to say that. You don't have to give Micah Parsons increased value before for the contract negotiation. Hey, there's a guy out here we're going to have to pay. He's going to want some money. I'm going to have to give him that money. (laughs) Also, I mean, why protect Dak Prescott with better offensive line? I mean, what what need is that? And I now know what we need of the new producer. Somebody who just laughs at every one of my jokes. That's it. I want who's ever doing that to Jerry Jones. (laughs) For the rest of my life, I just want to hire somebody who follows me around and just laughs at everything I say. Jerry doesn't even say funny things. And s- all quarterbacks in general in the league are why it's hard to pay the man. They're getting all the money. Somebody's always laughing. <laughs> is that Stephen Jones just trying to get it's, the job, the, the get the team the moment that Jerry quote co- It sounds croaks? like it. It sounds like it. the laughs are very similar. And let me tell you this. If that's now become the priority to hire the new producer, a really good laugh, again, Dana Mechanicsburg is situated very, very well. Mm-hmm. He's got the job.
2: He's got the job, and I can't quibble with it. <laughs> By the way, Zach Martin, eight-time All-Pro. Oh, The it. only year he wasn't an All-Pro, the year he missed six games because of injury. Mm. Well, why would you pay <laughs> that guy? Yeah, right. Well, Michael Parsons, they going to need a little bit of money in a couple years.
4: <laughs> <laughs> See,
6: And that's kind of what I want. In a new producer You can have your laugh I want an older Southern guy I want an accent In that chair You want Dixieland Dan's dad We need some Diversification (laughs) around here Right We're all basically New Yorkers Probably all sound the same Let's represent Other parts of the country In this open spot Yep So maybe you can laugh In a southern accent
0: And (laughs) everybody
3: See
0: that's That's a unique laugh That's not a New York laugh (laughs) That we need that We need Jerry Jones Or Stephen Jones Or whoever their lappy is Yeah (laughs) You could tell that's a southern laugh too, which It's true, we need like a Wilfred Brimley around here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Can Diabetes. We beat is Wilfred available? What is it? I, is, is he, he with dead? us still? He's dead. He
4: is. Dang it. I think so. I think so. Oh.
0: <laughs> because everyone I know I've been guilty of this before saying a guy's dead when he's not. Bob Barker's still alive. <laughs> saying a guy's alive when he's dead.
6: We've also, I think, uh, indirectly killed a person or two on this network, yeah. mentioned if they, their name. Are they still alive? Yes. And then they weren't by
0: Wednesday. <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh, yeah, Abe Vagoda and Gene Wilder. Yeah. That happened
0: to them. How about that? Abe Vagoda and Gene Wilder were mentioned on the air questioning, are they dead or not? The answer was yes. Within 48 hours, the answer was no. Right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly
6: what happened. And we did lose Wilfred back in August of 2020. Yes, we did. Yes. Oh,
0: COVID year. Uh, yeah. So wow. Wilfred is dead. Yes. All right. So we don't need Wilfred Brimley's laugh, but you know, you get what I'm saying. We need a producer, you're right, that has a huge handlebar mustache, comes from the South, is mainly like... a. 70 Sam type character, and last like yeah 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 yeah. I like your style, da? But I've got a problem with your John of the Taylor take. Yeah 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 yeah. yeah.
6: Hickey in a tuxedo, this guy in a cowboy hat and a bolo tie.
0: Now we're talking. Yeah.
2: Now we're talking. Bring some burger around. That'd be great. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Oh, you oh, guys oh. eat steer around here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> heel, 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 heel. I eat my beans out of the can over the fire. Yeah, 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 yeah. Finally, I thought we were embargoing this radio station, but I've been told on the other side of the glass we're going to allow it this time. Because this clip comes to us from that radio station down the hall that broadcasts in, you know, that city. (coughs) And Peter Schwartz was hosting. Apparently, Schwartzo had a very Schwartzo moment, and we've lifted the embargo. This was not my call. I don't want to be called a hypocrite here. I've been told by the powers that be, Pete the Body and Tom Doyle, we've lifted the embargo for this clip. Let's get the Yankee-Taylor Swift bobblehead, though. But
4: I, I don't like these I don't like these. 18, first 18,000 people. If you're going to give out a giveaway, and I know I'm a little bit late for the update here, but just want to finish the point. When you give away these high-demand bobbleheads and the other gifts, why are you only giving out 18,000 of them? You have 40-something thousand people in the building. You know you're going to get 40,000. So get the sponsors to ante up and give bobbleheads to everybody. Too many angry people getting there late because of traffic and they can't get a bobblehead. I'd be angry. i always make sure if I'm going to a game with a giveaway, we get there early. Anyway, I am extremely late here, and I hate it when I'm anchoring and hosts get to the update late. I don't like it, so I apologize to Jack Stern. But at 5.03, here's your latest update with Jack Stern.
0: That clip had it up. (laughs) (laughs) That clip has everything you could ever want in a clip. So, of course, we had to lift the embargo. (laughs) Good call by you guys. We had to do it. Number one is takes not bad. If you have a sponsor and they're paying for 18,000 bobbleheads, pay for 36,000 bobbleheads to make twice the number of people happy. I like that take. The problem is this is a real shoot the messenger moment. Like he just, it can't be short with that take of make more bobbleheads because number one, grown man, grown kids, kids, You just got to get over the bobblehead at some point. Yes, the kids want it. That's fine. Yes, you want the kids to be happy. That's fine. At some point, you've got to reach a point in your life to where the bobblehead just is not that important. You go. You do not go for the promotional item. You go for the game. You go for the kids to get the item.
3: I mean, Bradley's in college.
0: Exactly right. Yeah, I got an idea. The Schwartz family, they
6: don't need four bobbleheads. I've gone to games where they're giving things out that people want, and we don't take four of them because I don't need one. My wife doesn't need one. Don't be greedy. Don't take four. Walk through, take one or two, and leave somebody for, for somebody else coming. And it right,
0: it leads to the next point of how many bobbleheads and how much free bleep does Schwartz need? Love them, but what's too much? I mean, if he has two hundred and fifty bobbleheads, does he need two fifty one? If he has 1,000 free baseballs. Does he need 1,001? If he has 17 sneakers, one size fits all from G League players, does he need an 18th? If he has $2,000 worth of alehouse gift cards, does he need 2,020? Yes. Well, I mean, at what hear me now? point do you just punt on collecting garbage? It is just garbage, and I apologize to the adults out there listening that love their bobbleheads and love their toys and love their ticket stubs and love their... Th- I, look, they, yes, some I, I like ticket stubs, but you just have to at some point punt on collecting crap-free crap, and the ballpark-free crap is the worst of the free crap because it's the crappiest crap because it's free. You want to go collect Funko dolls or Wolverine figurines or whatever? So be it. But, you know, the free crap at ballparks is just crap because it's free. The towels and the T-shirts, the bobbleheads and the keychains. With a Nathan's logo on them. It just is all crap. And I got some of that, and I wear it around the house. And yeah, do some yard work in the free Jeros Familia T-shirt that I got from six years ago. (laughs) I got the but, but they're just at some point you just it doesn't matter. Stop. It's just garbage. You just collect. And and Schwartz is the biggest violator. How much garbage? How old is he? He got to be sixty years old, right? At what point is it just garbage you don't want anymore?
2: He was, he was begging for a Joe Klecko jersey this past week
3: around here and the original Jets uh, well, gangrene hat.
6: Well, you also missed his trash was that the new Jets white throwbacks are not available in 4XL. What am I
0: supposed to do? And that's a Jets problem.
2: Right. That's the beauty of gluttony, though, DA. The, ri- the limit does not exist.
0: Yeah, there is no limit.
2: But how about my favorite part of this clip? is the end where we get a reversal of the roles, right? <laughs> well, kind of a reversal of the roles. And we had that clip where Stern is opens his mic and gets on Schwartz for being late to the update. And now Schwartz is hosting down the hall, Stern waiting in the wings,
0: probably just staring at him. <laughs> those big Stern eyes. And Schwartz clearly a shot at me you Bogues whoever else is hosting and getting to his updates late like I'm doing to you right now but Schwartz pushed over the edge because he needs to get the Taylor Swift bobblehead taken that has enraged him so much he has to take the extra six <laughs> minutes to do it and because Taylor Swift made anthraiser hit hit for one
6: day she gets a bobblehead too that's the origin story of that take
0: <sighs> it's just crap it's just all crap once we realize it's just crap it becomes a lot easier and Bogues has your headlines.
6: DA, maybe the Rangers traded for Max Scherzer without watching Max Scherzer pitch recently. Uh, he was particularly bad in the Mets' most important games, dating back to the end of last regular season. That's right. Continuing through the wild card round against the Padres, and then this season as well. New manager, Bruce Bochi remains in the dark.
4: We're pumped about it. Uh, I mean, we're getting an experience... Uh... Guy with a tremendous resume, and uh, so we're we're very excited to have Max uh, join us.
6: Maybe somebody inside the organization finally did some Scherzer research because Texas acquired lefty Jordan Montgomery yesterday for more support for that rotation. Scherzer is scheduled to make his Rangers debut. Thursday, have fun, Sam Elliott. What next injured Met pitcher can they acquire? (laughs) I mean, do they want Verlander? (laughs) Montgomery wasn't the only trade the Cardinals made yesterday. Closer Jordan Hicks on his way to Toronto for two double-A righties. But St. Louis has said that third baseman Nolan Arenado will not be traded by tomorrow afternoon's deadline. The Cubs saying the same thing about center fielder Cody Bellinger. On the field last night, the Orioles rode a seven-run first inning to a 9-3 win over the Yankees in their rubber game in Camden Yards. Baltimore keeps its game-and-a-half lead on the Rays atop the AL East. It's the Reds atop the NL Central this morning. Grove with
4: the set. He's back to the plate. This ball hit high in the air. Deep right field. This is the third home run of the day. Oh, my goodness. Have the Reds brought out the whipping sticks in L.A.? Oh, that's
0: good. That's, home run of the night. That's Jeff Brantley on Reds uh, Radio. And he, he pronounces whipping, whipping. I call, like the, the H in
6: there, whipping. Calling the majestic long ball from America's first baseman, Joey Votto, since a 9 nothing win at Dodger Stadium to jump the Brewers for the division lead. Milwaukee wow. got swept
0: in Atlanta. 8-6. Reds and Orioles leading divisions. Mm-hmm. How about that youth movement? Baseball.
2: That Last... was the 1970 World Series. Look at
0: that, Pat Boyle. A
2: historian. Wow. Well done. I got nothing after that. Wow. I ended the update? Yeah.
6: We don't get another World wow, Cup really? update oh, with the a clock. goal happening during it? The clock really ended the
0: update. <laughs> I can feel Pete looking at me. So, DA, back to you. <laughs> When we come back here on the show, do the Angels make a mistake holding on to Otani? DA, CBS Sports Radio. All right, a happy Monday morning to you, everybody. 52 minutes past the hour to listen to us on hundreds of affiliates nationwide, as well as SiriusXM channel 158. The Angels did not end up trading Shohei Otani at the deadline. The deadline's still until tomorrow, so there's time. But they've taken him back off of the trade market and they are looking to apparently be buyers. They made a few trades yesterday, and I just think that this is misguided. Now, if the Angels end up re-signing him in the offseason, then all is forgiven. No harm, no foul. The whole bit here is holding on to Shohei Otani. But the idea that this Angels team has playoff potential, I just don't think is realistic. And... I know that they've been beset by injuries. I know that Mike Trout has missed a lot of time, but this team, to me, it's it's delusional to think you're going to make a run to the postseason when you're at the trade deadline and you're only a couple of games above 500 in an American League where there's multiple teams to even hop. I think this just has to be about next year and. If they don't end up re-signing Shohei, they would have had one of the greatest two-way players ever, perhaps the greatest two-way player ever, certainly the best modern two-way player ever, a guy that could be your ace of a staff and the cleanup hitter, and achieve nothing for him besides a mid-to-late-round compensatory pick because you lost him in free agency. So by not trading him here, they're making the bet clearly that they think they can hold on to him. But if this is a season that ends with another non postseason spot, is he really going to stay? At the moment, your wild card teams in the American League are the Rays, Jays, and Astros. The Angels right now have to hop both the Red Sox and the Yankees to make the third and last spot in the American League wild card. So there's a lot of work to be done now. And if they miss the postseason, is that going to be still enough to retain him? I think they made a mistake. I think they should have traded him. I think they should have recouped whatever they could. And then try in the offseason to re-sign him by saying, look, we got prospects now, so we should be better for you moving forward.
5: <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com.